Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Zakari, and you are listening to Life Altering Events. Our sponsor today for this episode is brought to you by Olivino Life. Now, this is a company led by Dr. Claire Hassler Lewis. She's a CEO and the, and the founder. She's a co founder along with her husband, Cameron. Their first product is called Olivino, and it's the first dietary supplement developed to, con- con- to conveniently deliver the health benefits of the Mediterranean diet. Now, this diet is the world's healthiest eating pattern. Now, Olivino is helping customers see improvement in blood pressure, as well as heart, prostate, and skin health. I've used this product, and I strongly recommend it. Claire, Dr. Hassler-Lewis, will be our guest next week, and she'll tell you all about the company in much, much more detail. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last week we had a very interesting show and a number of emails that were sent. And last week we talked about obstacles men face and often fail in relationships. And we received a number of emails from both men and from women asking for more tips or ideas or methods to try and build and sustain successful professional or personal relationships. So I look for some suggestions. The words that I found most often in this area were trust and communication. Kim Scott, in her book, Radical Candor, wrote, building relationship, build, excuse me, building trust in any relationship takes time because trust is built on a consistent pattern of acting in good faith. So this caused me to ask, well, how do you create a consistent pattern of acting in good faith? And this is where communication came in. Open, honest, and clear communication. Now, Don Miguel Ruiz, in his book, The Four Agreements, wrote, Clarity is the key to successful communication. Making assumptions in our relationship is asking for problems. Too often, we assume that our partner knows what we think, and we don't ask or say what it is we want or need. We assume they're going to do what we want because they know us so well. And if they don't do what we assume they're going to do, we feel hurt, and then we say something like, well, you should have known. Now, this is something I heard frequently during my many failed relationships. So since it's all about relationships, how do we build and save They're most important ones. Now, relationships are the foundation of everything in life. Nothing, or excuse me, everything in life is related to something. Nothing happens in isolation. Finding, building, and sustaining strong, positive, and mutually beneficial personal and professional relationships is something we all strive for. Yet we often fail. Now, how can that be? How can that possibly be when there's billion-dollar industry of movies and books and video training and TED Talks that tell us exactly how to succeed in our relationships? Yet the growth in divorce, mental health issues, and the general decline in well-being pre-COVID suggests that this guidance that we're paying all this money for is not working. 
Now, I have said and I've heard people say that after a failed relationship, I don't know what happened. Things just started out so well. I don't know what went wrong. That sound familiar? Be honest. You've heard this before or you've said this before, right? Relationships are fluid. They change over time. They require constant attention and focus and adjustment and dialogue. Well, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, I'm way over my pay grade in this area, so I contacted my friend and our guest today, Tina Conkin. Let me tell you a little about Tina. She's a co-founder and executive director of Relationship Lifeline. Tina has spent her professional life helping men and women fight their way out of the relationship hell because she's lived the nightmare. She is the author of a book called How God Used the Other Woman, Saving Your Marriage After Infidelity. Tina, welcome to Life Altering Events. Thank you, Frank. It's so good to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tina's at an airport in Vancouver, Canada, and we might get a little interruption with a message uh, over a loudspeaker, so bear with us if that does in fact occur, but we're going to hope for the best. Tina. And if if they're having trouble social distancing, that's what the announcement will be about. Uh, So (laughs) more about social distancing. Yeah, exactly. Not just for relationships, Frank. Yeah, not, not at all. Tell the listeners, uh, what led you to start this, your relationship lifeline with your husband many, many years ago? Yeah, it was about the mid-90s, and actually at that time, it wasn't even uh, a marriage problem per se. It was more of a parenting problem, and I found that when my um, daughter was eight years old, And between the ages of 8 and 10, I began to really reject her. She was my eldest, and I started not being able to nurture her as a mom. Um, I was having real problems uh, just being a real mom, and something really switched. It's, It's like, and I'll get more into it that later, but that's what led us into a program at that time called Choices, and it was led by Dr. Phil's partner. And I like to qualify, before Dr. Phil was a a TV personality in the mid-90s, he used to do personal development seminars and uh, intensive weekends, which we've continued to do. So we were trained under that organization, but it really started out with, you know, the marriage started feeling the stress of my parenting because I was really not loving my own kid. And I had two kids at the time, and I had no problems at all just, um, you know, embracing my son. And yet the, the daughter, I was just kept pushing her away. And I knew I was doing it, and I thought I was doing a good job of hiding it. But I obviously wasn't hiding it in my relationship with my husband, and he knew there was a huge problem. And then when she was nearly 10 years old, She said these words to my sister, which then I realized, I have to do something about this. And she said to my sister, why does my brother, why does my mom love my brother and not me? And the cat was out of the bag. I couldn't hide it anymore. And now it was a serious, you know, marriage issue. And uh, I went for counseling and did that a couple of times, but... It didn't work. And Frank, it didn't work because this counselor, now looking back, was probably the best counselor. And I referred people to him after that. But he wanted to go into my past. 
he wanted to look at my baggage. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm not going there. I've worked too hard to, you know, put that where it belongs in the past. And I thought, you can't change what happened to me as a child. So why go back there? Been there, done that. And so I remember the counseling lasted about two or three sessions. And then he said, well, you know, you let me know how it works out for you. Well, things got worse and worse. And then we found this program. And that's when, you know, uh, we were able to get help. Yeah. Wow, that's intense. Now, I've heard you say, Tina, that uh, many people will tell you and have told me, hey, I'm fine. It's the other person that needs to change or check your baggage, as you said. When the other person doesn't want to change, uh, we we tend to move on and and go from relationship to relationship to relationship. How are you counseling people who have that kind of an attitude? Well, that is why, um, you know, I, though I'm a counselor myself, um, I do very little personal counseling, and I go back to where I found the help. It's usually where we connect that we end up helping people, you know, from that vantage point. And so shout out to all the counselors on there, out there because they do a great job. But sometimes when you feel like you can outsmart the counselor or you're, like you're describing right here, you know, somebody doesn't want to be in counseling, they don't even think there's a problem, then I will always tell that person who wants the help, you start. You know, we all have baggage. Yes, that is true. And we can only be responsible for our own. We can't be responsible or make the other person even own their own baggage. And so when we do our intensives, individuals come. As a matter of fact, Frank, we started up, uh, we've been allowed in California to start our programs again. And so we started up last weekend, and um, there was one gentleman there that had come through last November on his own, and he was distraught. His marriage had broken up. It was nearly 30 years of marriage, and the wife just said, I can't do this anymore. There was no way she was going for counseling. They had done that over the years. She wouldn't come to our program. She wouldn't even return our calls. And so we told him, and he's given me permission to share his story. We told him, he says, well, just come on your own. One of you changing is better than nobody changing. And at least you come and deal with your baggage, your responsibility of why the marriage broke down and get healthy yourself, you know, and he did that. And she saw such a change in him. They had very little contact. She said, we had contact over a shared dog because their kids were out of the house. So we had a contact over a shared dog and some house things that, you know, needed to still be dealt with. And that was it. And she said, but she saw such a change in him after doing the weekend, and she kept watching. And then she said she finally gave one of our coaches a call, and she goes, I want to know what you guys did with my husband. And here this last weekend, because then COVID happened, Mm -hmm. this last weekend, they both came through together, totally reconciling, you know, after this weekend, and seeing that I'd never seen him from that perspective. I never saw, you know, that how he was treating our children and how he's treating me was a result of, you know, his own father putting him down. And though he wasn't as bad as his dad, some of that, that militant part of him carried over. And she said, I finally couldn't take it anymore. And she said, he came back with compassion, a soft heart and being apologetic. And she goes, I had to come and see what you did because there's no way he changed like that. 
She says, we were married nearly 30 years. We're going to be celebrating 30 years. So, you know, the drama, the dramatic part is if you change yourself and your partner won't come, don't push. You go in and get healthy. And one healthy person can change a marriage completely. And I've seen it over the last 30 years over and over and over again. So don't feel hopeless because... One, because you think that marriage is done by two or because you think that, you know, you need two healthy people in a relationship. No, it starts with one healthy person can change the whole dynamics. And, I, you know, with years of, of doing this kind of work, Frank, I, I, I'm an advocate of take responsibility for yourself, your baggage, your stuff, admit what parts you play, and then move on. And hopefully that, that is enough to get the other person at least interested. Now, you and I had spoken, Tina, and this going back and the self-assessment, you stress quite a bit. Why is that so critical? Because I don't believe that we can change, and then this is going to get into our R3 factor, but, um, you know, the, the, the steps that we follow for that change, but I don't believe you can change or heal what you don't first reveal. And that's what that first counselor tried to do with me. He tried to go not to the rejection of my daughter straight up, which was the issue. He wanted to go back and see where the root of that rejection came from. So it's really important to understand that without going back, it's not to go back and blame people. It's not so that you can use your past as an excuse. And that's really important that, you know, you're, 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 the people listening understand we're not going back so that we can blame or so that we can make an excuse for how we've turned out or the behavior we have today. It really, but our past, Frank, offers us an explanation to why we have, you know, the issues that we have, why we withdraw if that's what we do, or why we, you know, persecute people or blame people or take offense or be defensive, all those you know, negative behaviors and patterns that we've developed were developed somewhere in our past. We're developed somewhere, you know, in what we saw, heard, and experienced growing up. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the reason for going back. You mentioned your R3 factor. Tell us more about this. Well, that all came out of um, when I was asked to do a couples retreat for the Today Show. They wanted to follow four couples in one of our retreats and um, see how they go from being separated or divorced papers on on the table to considering reconciling and um, and and how they go through that in three short days. So they came in and filmed the weekend, and we had four couples there that were all separated, uh, considering divorce, and some of them were younger couples with young children, some of them were older, and, you know, they kind of followed them, and at first they thought they weren't going to have a successful show, because they, they couldn't see how any, by listening to their opening story, how any of these couples were going to be able to reconcile on any level. So I said, no, you just watch the process they go through, and so they they said to me, can you give us in 30 seconds what they go through for a sound clip, you know, for, for just an advertising, to advertise the show. 
And I said, 30 seconds to tell you what we do in 30 hours? I said, that, that could be tough. She goes, just bring it down to what exactly you go through to bring them to that place from no hope to possibility. And I said, wow, that's going to be tough. And that's where I developed it. And now I call it the R3 factor. So let's see if I can do it in 30 seconds, but I'll give you more time. Oh, take your time. Take your time. through it. Yeah, okay. So that's how the R3 factor came about. And the first one, which I call the R1, is reveal. And you cannot change, and I already just said it, you cannot change or heal what you don't reveal. So going back and looking at the baggage, going back and seeing where it came from, going back and looking at the root of, for me, the rejection. And I call those going back and looking at the hardness of our heart. Because we hardened our heart growing up to protect ourselves. I had to protect myself from rejection. I heard the words, you should have never been born. That's what I didn't want to go through with with the counselor. I didn't want to look at my rejection. I just wanted to know why I was rejecting this baby that I had loved and wanted and was brought up in a healthy home. Then she turns eight and I start feeling like I'm pushing her away. This doesn't make sense. So I had to go back and see that things that are not healed can't change. Things that First of all, we don't acknowledge or bring up to the surface are just buried emotions, but they're still alive and they're unhealthy and they're toxic. And so that's the first step is really revealing those things that we saw, heard, and experienced that were unhealthy and created unhealthy patterns. What are unhealthy patterns? They're the rocks that I call that harden the heart. And they're things like anger, rejection, blame, offense, defense, addiction. Those are all things that we've created patterns to stay safe. So when I'm angry, I'm safe from confrontation. I'm safe from you bullying me if I put up my angry walls, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the reveal. That's the first step. The second step is um, to rewrite. So there is a point where we need to rewrite our story. Now, Frank, that doesn't mean you can rewrite your past. You can't. You cannot rewrite things that have happened. You can't change facts. Facts are facts. I was rejected. I was unwanted. I was told I should have never been born. My mom was, you know, a 16-year-old mom that didn't want a baby. So those are the facts. I can't change those. But I can rewrite the story. I can see it from a different perspective. I can see it from a 16-year-old's vantage point instead of a mother that I was looking at a mother as a child, not a 16-year-old, which rewrite takes being able to have compassion and forgiveness. All right, Tina, let's hold right there. We're going to go to a break here, and then we'll come back with the third of the R3 uh, steps. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. This This conversation is going to get far more interesting. You don't want to miss any of it. We'll be right back. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. book frank zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event frank is a dynamic entertaining and fascinating storyteller 
Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Sakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Frank Zakari, and this episode, this show is brought to you by Olivino Life. This is a company started by my good friend, Dr. Claire Hassler-Lewis. This is the first, their first product is called Olivino, and is the first dietary supplement to conveniently deliver the health benefits of the Mediterranean diet. Now, if you ever had Mediterranean diet, this is the most healthiest eating pattern there is. Olivino customers have helped, it improves their heart health, their skin health, their prostate health, antioxidant protection, and anti-inflammatory properties. Ladies and gentlemen, get this product. I use it. You'll love it. We're talking with my guest today is Tina Konkin. And Tina is an expert and has built a lifetime of uh, professional life in, in, in uh, building and helping and saving relationships. And she has a program which she calls R3. And before the break, she had told us what R1 is reveal. R2 is rewrite the story. And now she's going to get into the third step of the R3. Tina, please continue. Hi, Frank. Good to be back. We went through the R1, which is revealing the past to see what it is that, you know, is holding us back from having great relationships and having healthy relationships. And then the R2 is not about canceling the past because we can't change the past, but it's about rewriting how we feel about the past. It's about forgiveness and compassion. And the R3 is my favorite because the R3 is called to renew our story, to renew our lives. And that's not a renovation. My husband used to say, even though I'm a widow today, 
he used to say, um, you know, to renew means to make it better than it was before. So it's, it's using not the old patterns of withdrawal and patterns. That's the part that we reveal. Do we withdraw or do we use anger as, as patterns of defense, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so we discover those patterns and how they originated. And now we renew. We exchange the old patterns for new ones. So we come out of that dark place into a place of light, no longer realizing that we no longer need defenses to protect ourselves. As children, we did. I needed my anger as a child. It helped me and saved me many times from feeling the abuse that I was receiving. So as long as I was angry, I didn't hear those words, you shouldn't have been born, or you're the problem, or you're not good enough. If I just stayed angry and hard, and I, and I called them, you know, we, we, we collect rocks that are so hard along life's journey. And every time we get hurt, we pick up another rock. And some of them are pebbles, and some of them are boulders. But we pick them up, and we stuff them in our heart so that we can harden. And, you know, uh, Frank, I, I grew up in a Christian church, and one of the things that, that saved my marriage, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit, but yeah, I think you had some questions about our marriage mm-hmm. nearly being destroyed, but I think one of the things that I learned, you know, at the beginning of it was divorce was allowed, you know, they, they asked Jesus, you know, why do you allow divorce, and, or is divorce allowed, you know, and he said, well, divorce is allowed in the law. So in the Jewish law, they allowed divorce because of the hardness of the heart. And that's how we came up with this R3, because we thought, well, first we have to admit we have hardness of the heart, and we have to look at where it came from. And as I started, you know, identifying every rock, as I started looking at the hardness of my heart, one little piece at a time, I started seeing a pattern there. I started seeing that every time that child felt unsafe, so I realized that the hardening of our heart are really the key in healing relationships. And so the renew now is because we're replacing truth for the lies. It was a lie that I shouldn't have been born. It was a lie that I wasn't good enough. It was a lie that I was the problem in my parents' marriage. It was my fault because my dad protected me and my mom was jealous of that. And so it was my fault that they had problems. Those are lies. But as an adult now, and so when you show up, you know, in a relationship and you're not acting like an adult, it's because what happened in childhood was never resolved. And so when we get triggered, Frank, in other words, when my husband would act like he was rejecting me, the child would come up and I would get angry. Even if he said, hey, babe, I don't think those are appropriate shoes to go hiking. I think you need closed shoes. No, I'm fine with my flip-flops. I would get angry automatically. It was like a knee-jerk reaction. That doesn't even make sense. But when does it make sense when we're children and we have temper tantrums? Right. Right. So it doesn't make sense, but we're walking around like wounded children if those things are not 
resolved, which goes back to the reveal of the counselor wanting to do with me. I was rejecting my child, which obviously was because I had not dealt with my own rejection as a child. And that didn't make sense to me then. Now we've dedicated our lives and our company and all the work that we do, both with celebrities, businesses, you know, anywhere there's a, a relationship with everyday people, with children, with families, um, Frank, and we've dedicated our lives to show people that, you know, when you bury emotions of your past, you think they're gone, but you're actually burying, they're not dead, so you're burying something that is live. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tina is, is not just a PhD who talks in theory. She used this program in her own life. Um, Tina, please share uh, your story that led to your book. Yeah, so we started after the healing of our marriage. My husband was unfaithful um, at about year 14 or something, 12, between, I can't even remember, it was, it's a blank time in my life, but... Um, it, it was around the 12th or 14th year, somewhere in there, um, that he was unfaithful. And I remember thinking, this can't be happening. It's a dream. It's a nightmare. And I'm going to wake up. And it just was not because my husband was not that person. Anybody who knew him would have said, I could have believed Tina had 10 affairs to one of Ron's. <laughs> you know, he, he was just not that guy. And, um, and then to top it off, with one of my closest friends. So, you know, double whammy right there, because now I don't even have my friend to go cry on, her shoulder to go cry on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember it was the morning after the shock, and he wasn't home when I found out about the affair. He was actually visiting his father. He had just lost his mom, and uh, they live about eight-hour drive away in B.C., So he had driven up the week after his mom passed away to visit with his dad and spend some time with him. And um, that's when it was uncovered. And the woman's husband called me and said, they are, I don't just think they are, I know they are having an affair. And it was just the biggest shock. And I'll never forget Frank calling my husband at his father's place. And I, I, I just said these words, is it true? And the worst four words, I ever heard was, yes, it's true. Those three words just, it, it destroyed everything in me. I, I remember running to the bathroom and physically getting sick. And then um, I wrote the book so people could understand that that's where the R3 was developed. That's where in that moment, I couldn't handle the news. I couldn't deal with it. I couldn't go there. I thought everything was over. We thought it was over. And then I woke up the next morning. I I say wake up, but you don't really sleep after that kind of news. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I got out of bed that morning and went into the bathroom. And I remember looking in the mirror and I call it my mirror moment. And I refer to that chapter as, you know, the mirror. And I call that chapter The Mirror because I think that was probably the most significant thing that started. And whenever I deal with couples that there's been infidelity, I said, each and every person needs to have their mirror moment. And why is that? Because 
that morning as I looked in the mirror and I looked at my puffy eyes and my bloodshot eyes and at that moment I wasn't crying but I could see the damage to my face and I remember thinking oh how ugly you know and how and I started asking all the questions and then of course the asking the questions in the mirror and of course then the tears started all over again all over again, the tears started, and I started that ugly cry, and I started yelling in the mirror, how could this happen? And, and I believe at that moment, I started yelling at God with real anger. Of course, I still knew anger, you know, and it mm-hmm. came up to protect me, and that angry voice, how could this happen to me? Why would this happen to me? We're good people. We do good things. We have a good company, and we help people. We help teenagers and children, and And I was giving all my credentials to God, you know, this can't happen to good people. And yet I had to, I I had to face it. It was happening. It was real. It wasn't a nightmare. It really had happened. And I remember it was like, I hear this small voice coming out of the mirror saying very gently, stop crying and ask yourself this question. And the question was simply, in my head, I heard the question, just ask yourself what part you've played in this marriage that's brought you here. Oh my gosh, talk about an angry reaction, Frank. I went nuts then. I didn't care who was talking to me in the mirror, but it couldn't be God and it couldn't be love and it couldn't be right. You know, I went straight into victim mode. I went, what I did? Could I have possibly done anything? anything, you know, it was just the most horrifying realization and believing that these were evil voices talking to me, couldn't be a good voice. And then I calmed down and I said, really, really? And I've been criticized. I've got to tell you, I've got mostly a five-star review, um, one of the best books written on the subject on Amazon. And, but I did get a couple critiques in there about you know, me shaming the victim, because I was the victim. Well, see, if you follow me and you follow everything that we stand for, I don't believe that an adult can be a victim. And if they are a victim, they are a victim in the moment. But if they stay a victim, that's a decision. Okay? So I truly believe that the only people that can possibly be victims of circumstances are children because they don't have the power of decision to change anything you have the power of decision you can change you might be a victim of a drunk driver and then you have to decide are you going to forever hold that or are you going to do something good with it are you going to re you know establish your life are you going to heal your and then are you going to do something about drunk driving so it doesn't happen to someone else and that's basically what we did but without that reveal again see i didn't take any and i want to make sure that your your listeners don't hear me wrong because that's the criticism that i got is that i was taking responsibility for his affair like it was my fault somehow that he had an affair i don't believe we should take responsibility for anybody's wrongdoing No matter what I've done, you know what, Frank, if I walk up to you and and I tell you to go steal a bank or go rob a bank, and unless I'm holding a gun to your head to walk through that door, right, and and you're just doing it out of sheer, you're going to get killed, you're a victim in that moment. 
But if I just tell you it's a good idea, you should go do it, Frank. The decision to go do it is still yours. Right? That's right. Then, That's right. Even if, even if, yeah, but even at gunpoint and you've been made to do it, now what are you going to do with your life after that? Right? Are, are you going to do something with your life after that? And that's because as adults, we have the power of decision. Now, you going in to rob a bank, even if I told you to do it, isn't my responsibility to take. You still went and did it. Right? And I consider that it, I never took responsibility for my husband having the affair or my close friend having the affair. I never took responsibility for that. But I tell you what I did take responsibility for. I started, again, revealing what was our marriage like for 14 years up until when that affair started. How many times did my husband try? How many times did I try unsuccessfully and then we would just bury those emotions alive and pretend they weren't there? So that's the reveal I had to go through, and that's the rewrite. We had to look at those rocks, which were the hardness of our heart that led up to the affair, led up to the affair, mm-hmm. right? That was the response. That's what the book is about. And, you know, the people that did criticize, you'll see in their criticism, you will see, we never read the book, but just by the title, Shame on You, mm-hmm. is basically what they're saying. So because I give the other woman any credit, I'll tell you what, when we got to the renew, I'll go to the grave giving woman that credit for the heart and the soft heart that she was the reason I ended up changing. Why our marriage after that became the best. I didn't know marriage could be what it became for 20 years after that. Now, we did go through two years of hell. You know, and mm-hmm. um, and it took me this long to write the book. The first book I wrote was Love, Sex, and Money, and that was co-authored with my husband. Then my husband died shortly after that book was written, and um, and so he, after he passed away, made me promise I would continue to tell our story, that I would continue to talk about it, and I would continue to do our relationship workshops, both in businesses and you know in the private sector. So. Um, I've continued to grow, I've continued to stay in it, but the book was written to give hope that if we all take responsibility for our own baggage, not each other's baggage, it's not my fault that my husband had the affair, it's not my husband's fault that I used anger, you know, to resolve everything. In raising my children, in marriage, in friendships at work, anger was my best friend. That's what got, as far as I was concerned, that's what got the job done, mm-hmm. right? Anger and control. Those were my two big rocks. But the root rock, the boulder underneath all that was rejection. And because of rejection, I grabbed onto these and I used them in my marriage. And that's the part I had to reveal and rewrite. And we had to not only, you know, the renewal came in being able to, you know, rewrite the story and, and change our patterns. And even though we'd slip sometimes, and I'd slip into anger, and he'd slip into withdrawal, we quickly repaired, whereas before the repair wasn't there. The renew wasn't there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take another break right here because we're going to get into some really intense conversation in the next segment, and I don't want to break it at this point. So, we're listening to Tina Conkin. Do not miss this last segment, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Sakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This conversation, Tina Conkin, has, has been inspiring to say the least this is this is just an amazing amazing conversation well, ladies and gentlemen first let me tell you that this show today is sponsored by olivino life which is headed up by my good friend dr claire hassler lewis and it's the first food supplement to give you the benefits of the mediterranean diet which is the world's healthiest eating pattern now olivino is helps customers with heart health skin health prostate health antioxidant protection and anti-inflammatory properties. I use this product myself. I strongly recommend it. Next week, you can listen to Dr. Claire Hassler-Lewis's story, and she'll tell you more about this product. Back to our show here. Tina Conkin has has just mesmerized the audience here today with her story on her R3 program. She's an expert in the area of relationships and saving relationships with her R3 method of R1 reveal, R2 rewrite the story, and R3 renew. She was just telling us about the divorce, the near divorce she had when her husband had an affair and the devastation that one goes through. If you've been through that, you understand the devastation. Now, what did not happen was the knee-jerk reaction to just throw everything away. And Tina, in her book, has a statement that I absolutely love. She says, when emotions... When there are high emotions, there is low intelligence. Elaborate on that, Tina. 
Thanks, Frank. Yes, I discovered that in the moment I was, you know, we were talking about the mirror moment where, um, you know, in my book, I, I really go into depth about it. And that moment we all have, can I do this? Do I want to do this? You know, why me? How did this happen to me? And the thought behind all that is so emotionally charged because if you've never experienced betrayal, you know, of any kind, um, you won't understand the depth of that raw emotion. And that emotion is not smart. That emotion just wants to, you know, get out there and seek revenge and hurt somebody and hurt people hurt people. And that's when we're in high emotion. And we know the difference between right and wrong, and including affairs. They're in high emotion. They are not in their intelligent adult mind or mindset. So when emotions run high and the emotions are toxic or the emotions are not adult mind-driven, okay, because we have so many unresolved things from our past, then we end up doing things that are not intelligent, like infidelity, like anger, like the patterns, like the rocks, the hardness of the heart. And in those moments, the knee-jerk reaction, because you're so angry, you're so betrayed, you're so hurt, you're so overwhelmed, is you either want to die yourself or you just want out. You, You want this part of reality to go away. And so we fall back on our patterns, you know, and for me it was anger and control and how could you do this to me? And so high emotion, low intelligence. So what have we done in our programs? We run these programs once a month. They're for individuals and couples in Orange County and then we do them on demand right across the country. But every month we have them in Orange County and they're made up of, you know, 20 to 40 people. Well, during COVID now, we've had to bring our numbers down, so they're more like retreats right now. But, Frank, in these programs, we help people go to that place of reveal and where it goes deep. It's not a conference. It's not something that you come... You have the mere moment in every conference. You go through the reveal, and we lead you through it, through exercises, through experiential learning, through some games that we play. And you really get to know your inner self, where the, where the rocks re- reside in your heart, and, so, and where those high toxic emotions are. And what is the purpose of it? It's to teach you and give you tools. First of all, to detox of that, so you can unveil it, get rid of it, Okay, and then rewrite so that you can follow new patterns, healthy patterns that are based on truth, the truth of who you really are, the truth of, you know, who you are intended to be, your purpose, your dreams. So we take you through that process experientially. We don't tell you you should forgive because it's for your good. We take you through the forgiveness process and show you the weight that fall off of you. I've got stories that would just blow your mind. I'm actually, because I'm sitting in an airport, I'm going to tell you the story that happened. Um, This was about 10 years ago. A big biker dude, uh, just very hardened, very angry, and his wife drug him through this, and she said, I promise I won't fight you in court. They owned bars in Arizona, and, you know, quite a bit of money involved and stuff. So she said, I promise you I won't fight you if you just go through this weekend program with me and we'll just do everything fair. She goes, otherwise I'm going to make you pay through them. Anyway, all these threats, right? Mm. 
So this mm-hmm. big biker dude walks in, and and um, they they just look like bikers, okay, and bar owners, real roughnecks. And they walk in, and and um, anyways, they go through the program, and he warns me, she says, they even mentioned God in this program one time. I'm out of there, right? So she says, no, they promised me, and we're not a religious program, but we did do tell you right at the start on Sunday, the last day of our program, we're going to look at religious damage. Well, he was happy with that because he was going to tell you about his religious damage <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and how we were all quacks. And so he was good with that. He just didn't want to be sold on some kind of religious belief, you know. So we promised him that you're not going to get sold on that, but you're going to be able to discover maybe why you believe the way you do or don't believe. So we made that all up front. He was good with that. Frank, we got to the end of that weekend. That man went through the reveal, rewrite, renew left there a totally changed man to the point where he said, I'm not ready for the God thing completely the way you believe, but I promise you I am going to research that. He said, hey, good enough. Anyways, he left that place. A month later, he comes back. We allow our participants, if they got something out of the program and, you know, they, they want to give back to come back and help us and volunteer, you know, and share their story to other people. Well, Frank, Two times this has happened in my 30 years of doing this, and this one was the most dramatic. He came back, and he wanted he and his wife wanted to volunteer. So they had to come through security, because they were from Arizona. They flew in from, uh, from uh, Phoenix to um, Orange County. In Phoenix, he got stopped, and they had to call a facial recognition person, an expert, because... His ID and his face didn't look the same. Oh, my God. Can you believe? And that all due to forgiveness. And then he did go and, and do what he said he was going to do. He got a hold of some ministers. He started really studying all that. Within a month, that man's face changed so much that a week after he did the program, he wanted to go straighten some things out with his mom, and he wanted to forgive her, and he'd just been through such a deep soul search. And um, he met his mom for lunch, and she kept looking for him. He was waiting in the booth. She kept looking for him. She goes, Mom, she heard his voice. I said, is that you? He, kept, he had looked at her three times. She had looked at him three or four times. He finally says, Mom, that time that she had changed, his own mother didn't recognize him. Big biker dude turned into a, like, the softest teddy bear face you've ever seen. So wow. that's how dramatic forgiveness and how dramatic the rewriting of our story can be. But even if it's not in, in facial features, the, the weight that falls off your face, your body, your just, you know, you, you were talking earlier about your sponsor, and I'm totally a total Mediterranean. I'm Italian, so I don't have a hard time believing that the Mediterranean, that's right, we're both Italian. So Mediterranean diet is the best for me. Um, but you know what? If we've got toxic emotions in, high emotion, low intelligence, and toxic thoughts, which also affects our mind. 80, I have a neuroscientist friend. Her name's Dr. Lee. And she says that 84% to 95% of our diseases, our physical diseases, are due to our toxic emotions and toxic thoughts. So we can eat all the right things, 
But if you're still feeding yourself anger and you're still feeding yourself, you know, resentment, it, it, it's making everything into acid. Absolutely. And we're still getting sick, right? Absolutely. Now, Tina, one of the most interesting exercises, I read her book. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look at an Amazon and you see these negative reviews, read the book first. Read the book. Yeah. I read the entire book. Uh, you will be amazed. It, it is tremendous. But one of the exercises in the book, Tina, that, that uh, it just made me stop was living above the line and below the line. Will you elaborate on that, please? Yes. Yeah. And again, I'm going to go back to now, you know, um, the high emotion, low intelligence. Above the line is when you are healthy, emotionally and healthy and mentally and making decisions out of a place of health. When couples come through our workshop, they will come separated, divorced, and I never tell them that the purpose of the workshop is to stay together. So why do they come? Most of them, I will tell you, of our clientele is because they want to be a healthier parent. So they're planning to go through with their divorce, but they agree that they love their children and they want to be healthier parents. Okay. Some of them come tr- through, especially one person in the, in the relationship, with hopes that there will be reconciliation. And we have proven over the last 30 years that we have over 90% reconciliation stats. So, you know, it, it goes to prove that if we resolve things, it's probably not the person we're trying to get rid of. Okay. It's how we feel with that person. So, if we can get rid of the toxic feelings, but living above and below the line is based on a decision. So I know that, and let's talk strictly about relationships right now, even friendships or siblings or, but more the intentional ones. So when I choose a, a, you know, a mate to do life with, to, you know, a partner to do the rest of my life with till death do me part, my intention isn't divorce. My intention isn't to hurt that person. I actually think we're better together, right? I actually think that person fulfills the need in me that, you know, I feel more fulfilled with that person in my life. I have more fun with that. That's the intention of binding together. So what happens between the intention of, you know, living above the line to below the line? And I'll explain what that is. But if that, our intention is to be healthy with or healthier with that person in our lives, something happened. Well, I believe in between the time that the intention happened and the decisions that we make when we go into our patterns that are toxic, there are our rocks. So our intention doesn't carry us past and doesn't get us to healthy decisions because we're constantly stepping on those rocks. And I call those rocks landmines. So imagine that you had to dance with your partner and you had to look at each other's eyes and there's rocks, landmines, all over the dance floor. But you're not allowed Ladies to and gentlemen, down. Tina, let me cut in just one second here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just about out of time here. This has been tremendous. Tina has so much more to say. We'll see you while getting her on this show again and to continue this conversation. Tina, thank you so much for being with us today. Continue to reveal. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, we're just about out of time. And I want to thank Tina one more time for this life-inspiring story. And hopefully we can have her back and we can move forward. And ladies and gentlemen, hard times happen. Do three things. Look up. Get up. Never, ever give up. 
you've missed any of this show, you can hear it on demand on any number of places, including Google or my website, franksakari.com or iHeartRadio or any place you listen. It'll be up around 2 o'clock California time. Let me leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. None of us are in this alone. The secret to walking on water were to know where the rocks are. And today, Tina Conkin showed you where plenty of those rocks are, and hopefully we'll have her back and she can show you where some more are. Join me again next week when we discuss another life-altering event. Thank you for tuning into Life Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life changing week. The Good Cut.